Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXPG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, The Madman, and I'm sporting my hat that I got for Christmas. I might lose it because it gets hot in the studio sometimes. I might lose it a little bit later. Who knows? Uh, But, you know, it represents my service in the Navy. Proudly served. I I bitched the whole time I was there, but it does say proudly served. In retrospect, I'm proud about it. (laughs) So, yeah, so I might be wearing this for a part of the show. You're welcome. Uh, so yeah, hello and welcome. You know, 2020 is almost over, and I just want to remind you that we have uh, the new Scott vs. Scott show is available on my YouTube channel and Scott Warren's comedian Scott Warren's YouTube channel. Uh, we have another show coming out tomorrow, so you should check that out. We check out, we talk about hermetics and uh, tattoos and uh, capital punishment. So check that out. That's going to be coming out at nine o'clock tomorrow. On the Shock Monkey Radio YouTube channel. Be sure to check that out. We'd appreciate it. Like, share, and subscribe. I also want to remind you that we have a Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Support us there. You can also use hashtag shockmonkeyradio. Oh, over here. <laughs> hashtag shockmonkeyradio uh, on Cash App if you want to tip us there. We would appreciate it very much. You know, help keep us in business. Like I said, like, share, and subscribe. All the Any and all the videos that you find on YouTube. Um, and, you know, just watch them. You know, just, just go ahead and watch them. You know, that helps a lot. And, you know, when you like them or comment on them, that's what, uh, that's what gets other people to see that traffic. I don't know if you know how YouTube works these days, but you got to get a lot of views. You got to get a lot of likes. You got to get, uh, comments in order to get that recommend that video recommended to anybody else. That's just how YouTube works these days. Uh, I also have a, uh, 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 BitChute shoot channel shock monkey radio has a bit shoot channel uh you can go check that out i'm going to try to figure out what i got to do about that because i've had a trouble uploading one hour long videos on there so i may have to start doing clips again which you know means more work for me but eh, what can i do about it anyway just want to remind you you know cash tag shock monkey radio on cash app patreon.com slash shock monkey radio become a patron help keep us in business i would appreciate it so have you ever had those superman dreams now, not necessarily dreams, but maybe just like while you're trying to get to sleep, when you, you just drift off into a fantasy, where you're Superman. Am I alone in this? Am I alone in this with having Superman dreams? I really don't think so. And so when, when I'm trying to drift off to sleep at night, I will have a Superman fantasy. You know, I'll be Superman. I'll have the, the Superman outfit, the one that, you know, doesn't get destroyed because, you know, uh, it comes as Kryptonian fabric, which apparently is indestructible. It's like vibranium or something like that. I don't know. And so I have the Kryptonian outfit, but I'm wearing a mask. I'm not stupid. I'm not Clark Kent stupid. All right. You wear a mask, Clark Kent, when you're Superman. You know, you think glasses hide your identity? It's like you're not fooling anybody. You work among investigative reporters. I think Lois Lane even won a Pulitzer. You think you're fooling anybody at the Daily Planet? You're not. So I'm wearing a mask in my Superman fantasy. The first thing I do is I walk out my back door and I fly straight up in the air. I don't know, about a half a mile, straight up in the air. I just sit there and listen. Just sit there and listen. I listen to all the screams of anguish coming from D.C., from Richmond, from the Hampton Roads Roads areas. People shouting, Superman, save us. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to save you right away because I have a feeling that, you know, uh, U.S. Air Force has picked me up on radar. Possibly. Possibly picked me up on radar and are scrambling jets. And so I'll just sit there and wait. I'll wait for the jets to come. I'll wait for the U.S. Air Force to shoot missiles at me. And then I'll punch the missiles. I'll punch the missiles and they'll explode and then I'll run I'll fly up to the to one of the aircraft and I'll rip the canopy off and I'll pull the pilot or pilots out throw the plane up in the air and take them down to the ground take the pilots down to the ground set them gently on the ground fly straight back up catch the plane take the plane because you know let's talk, let's be honest that's like somewhere between 50 to 150 million dollars of our taxpayer dollars so I'm going to grab the plane fly it to the White House, and set it down on top of the White House while a bunch of uh, sniper teams uh, uh, shit their pants because Superman's there dropping off an F-35 on the rooftop of the White House. And so that'd be like the first thing I do because I know the Air Force is going to be messing with me. Air Forces of all nations are going to be messing with me tonight in my Superman fantasy. And so after I deal with the Air Force, give them a little stern warning to those pilots, you know, you guys need to quit messing with me or I'm going to keep putting planes. There's like 15 planes. On top of the White House. They're t- it's taking them forever to get them down. You know, they're not, it's not like they're calling up Superman. It's like, hey, can you come bring these planes down? And it's like, hey, 
You know, I'm saving you, you know, 50 to $150 million on those planes that you're sending out, depending upon the aircraft they send after, after the Superman. So I'm, I'm saving you money, you know. You don't, you don't throw jets at Superman. Anyway, and so after I deal with the jets, the Air Force jets, then I'll probably fly north. I'll fly north to New York just because, you know, it's kind of an iconic town when it comes to superheroes. And most superheroes, they start out in New York. So I'd probably go to New York. And um, I'll just fight crime there for a while, just, uh, but I'll do it like slapping people. Because you're Superman, you're super strong, you don't want to like punch people, you know, you put your fist right through a, a purse snatcher's head. That's not good. You don't, you don't want that. You know, so just slapping people around, you know, making them like, uh, it's like saying, who's your daddy? Say, Superman's your daddy. Call, call me uncle, or the Kryptonian word for uncle. I'll, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I wonder if I could find out that. I wonder if somebody has invented the Kryptonian language. Let's see here. Kryptonian word. <laughs> Let's check this out. I bet somebody did this. Word for uncle. You'd be surprised. The autocorrect autofill out is working. Oh, dictionary. Kryptonian info. <laughs> God. God, the nerds. All right, let's see. There's a little search that they put here. Let's see. Uncle. Make them say in Kryptonese. I don't know. It's weird symbols. This is a... They aren't that nerdy. Anyway, I'd make them say the Kryptonian word for uncle. Uh, as I return people's purses, as I stop uh, these, uh, where, uh, where would I be? Probably in Brooklyn. Is Brooklyn a rough area in, uh, in New York? No, wait. I skipped over D.C. I would have stopped at D.C. first. Absolutely. I would have been gone right across the river, go to the Anacostia you know, uh, area, you know, fight crime there for a while. All the gangs and stuff like that, you know, I just beat, slap them around. And then I go up to Brooklyn, slap them, slap those bad guys around for a while. And by, by the time I get to New York, you know, I'm probably pretty bored with the crime fighting thing. I'm Superman. I can do whatever the hell I want anyway. So I would skip over Boston, probably just hit, go east, just fly east across the Atlantic, uh, across the Mediterranean Ocean, go over, float over Iran, maybe, and just um, use my x-ray vision and heat vision to vaporize all the mullahs. And, uh, you know, do a big favor for the world. Uh, then maybe I'll fly around Russia, you know, go to some strip clubs or something like that as Superman, you know, because, you know, Russian chicks. <laughs> Woo! They're hot, especially the gingers. I love redheads. Redheads. I love them. Anyway, so, you know, spend some time in Russia, you know, maybe, you know, fight their crime for a while. But, I mean, what's the point? It's a whole damn nation of crime, so. Uh, maybe go to China until I can't bear the language anymore, you know, because uh, Eastern languages, they're just, they're great. On somebody, on somebody who's grown up in a Western civilization, you know, or I don't know, maybe maybe Kryptonian sounds like Chinese for all I know. Maybe 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 Superman would have an easier time learning Chinese, other than English. Who knows? And then you know, I just keep flying across the Pacific. You know, go check out the places I haven't seen in California. You know, go look at all the poop. You know, maybe go maybe go to San, San Francisco and vaporize all the poop with my heat vision. Just a public service from a friendly neighborhood Superman. Your global, <laughs> global Superman, you know, and maybe go to a, uh, find an army base just to mess with the army guys and like flip over tanks. Just uh, take take tanks and just put them on, on on their turrets. Just flip them over, like in the middle of the night. You know, just go and flip over every single tank the army has just to mess with them. Why not? You're Superman. What are they going to do about it? All right, and then I'll go. I'll probably fly to uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, break into Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, uh, break down walls, see what else, you know, uh, what they really got <laughs> hidden, you know. I guess I wouldn't really need to break down the walls, but it's more dramatic, you know, if, like, if, boom, you're just sitting there working at your workstation at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, do-do-do-do-do, hiding those secrets, do-do-do-do, and then all of a sudden the wall breaks open, and Superman's standing there, and he's like, tell me your secrets! Well, what are you going to say to Superman? You know, he might just decide to kill you. After all, you know, you already know, if you work in the intelligence agency, you already know that he already took out two F-35s earlier in the evening, near somewhere around D.C. And then I'd probably just fly on home in my Superman dream. You know, and there's, there's people who, see, who have called the Superman idea or like a kind of wish fulfillment for, um, uh, for male aggression in many ways. And people could say that, and they could say, and you could take a look at what I would do with the powers of Superman. And you could say, it's like, yeah, that's absolutely wish fulfillment. Absolutely. It's just to be the most powerful creature, like a godlike power. And that's why Superman of superheroes is very unique, because he has truly godlike power. Uh, Spider-Man, like, for example, Spider-Man, for all his power, 
he, Superman would beat the, beat the ever-loving bejesus out of him. And so, I mean, that's just a simple fact of the matter is that Superman has all the powers. You know, I mean, not counting things like kissing somebody to make them lose their memory, you know, which is like a Superman roofie, or uh, spinning around the world to go backwards in time. I don't even know how that works. You know, at least a Star Trek trick, a slingshot around the sun, you know, that makes a little bit more sense. But spinning the earth backwards, I don't think that's how time works, Superman. But you got to understand, you know, throwing cellophane, cellophane off your chest that can wrap a Kryptonian up. Sorry. Sorry. But Superman does seem to have all the powers. And that's why, you know, I think it, I think it was uh, Goebbels <laughs> who said that Superman is the ultimate wish fulfillment of the American male. And uh, uh, because he was created by Jews, therefore, you know, part of a Jewish, you know, Germans. <laughs> Germans, you know what, how they think. Anyway. So that's just kind of my idea of like a Superman fantasy. And I know it's hard to imagine. It's like, how can you go to sleep thinking about stuff like that? You know, just slapping around crooks in Brooklyn. And it's like, you know, it's surprisingly soothing for me. It's just like a, uh, you know, I can't have justice in this world, but, you know, you can have it in your imagination. And that, you know, provides me a little bit of contentment before I lay my head to sleep at night. So let's go on to this next thing I want to talk about, and that's uh, zero-G bursts. I was thinking about how, like, um, all these, like, SpaceX and uh, 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 what's Elon Musk come? Tesla and stuff like that. They're trying to, you know, corporations are starting to take over the space race. And I think well, that's a really awesome idea because, you know, we had lost interest ever since we got to the moon. I'm going to use air quotes there just for you conspiracy theories out, theorists out there. Um, ever since we went to the moon, our ambitions kind of fizzled. It's like, hey, we won the Cold War. Why go to space ever again? And it's like, there's plenty of good reasons to go to space. And one of them could be to give birth. You know, you could set up a, like a big maternity ward in orbit, you know, and women who are like going through pregnancy, you know how, you know how they are when they're, when they're pregnant, you know, their feet are all hurting because they're carrying around that extra weight in their belly. You know, my feet are sore all the time, but hey, in zero G, you don't have to worry about that extra weight on your skeletal structure. You don't have to worry about that. You know, you could just sitting there in zero G, just living life, having the easiest pregnancy ever imagined. And so the only problem I can think of when it comes to this is the actual childbirth. All right, because I think that should probably happen on Earth. And it's for very obvious and simple reasons, if you ask me. It's like if a woman is on the, in this maternity ward and her water breaks, all right, the ventilation system. <laughs> You see where I'm going with this? The ventilation system could be sucking up some of that, um, what do they call that, a viscera? I don't know what it's called. The gooiness that comes out of women when the baby starts coming? A viscera. Am I using that word correctly? A viscera. No, that's a World of Warcraft character, apparently. <laughs> Not actually a word. <laughs> My bad. Uh, anyway, so the issue is, is that once the woman starts going to childbirth in an orbital like maternity ward, you know, you're going to start getting all of that grossness coming out all the time. Now, I want you to imagine for a second what a placenta might look like at zero G. All right, you sick? You feel sick? <laughs> Circular is the only response you can come up with? You're probably right. You're probably right. It's going to be pretty gross. And considering everything that comes out of a woman along with the baby, and um, it, it wouldn't be very, uh, very sanitary for the ventilation systems because there is poop involved, in case you don't know. <laughs> and so you don't want necessarily want women, you know, giving birth in this kind of environment. You know, it's just starting to hit me. This might be a really stupid idea. It's, it, yeah, I think this is, yeah, this is a really stupid idea. <laughs> I was just trying to think, I was thinking about pregnant women and how they're always complaining about their feet hurt and the pain of childbirth. And it's like, wouldn't things be easier in zero G? And short of putting you in a vomit comet, you know, a plane that goes up real, up and down real, real steep, you know, what they train for um, zero G in, you know anything about that? No. Anyway, this might be a stupid idea, but if you can figure out the ventilation system, if there's some sort of HVAC genius out there that can figure out a ventilation system that can filter out all the poo, pee, and World of Warcraft carriers, characters that come out of a woman's... Uh, let's go ahead and call it taint, because it ends up being the taint. All right. 
And if they could figure out some sort of ventilation condition, you know, it could make things easier for pregnant women by having a maternity warden space. It's just a thought. It's probably a long way off. I get that and so forth. But yeah, this is probably a really bad idea for now. <laughs> okay, so let's go on to this next thing I want to talk about, which is dancing, because I don't dance. I can't dance. I don't like dancing. I am too self-conscious for it. Okay, but here's the thing about dancing. It's like, uh, when was the last time that dancing was an entire dance floor affair? Was it the antebellum South? You know, when you go to a dance and everyone's on the same page when it comes to what dance they are doing. In our modern times, the dance floor is usually a hodgepodge of everyone doing their own thing, which is fine. And I'm all for individuality. But when it comes to someone like me, I would rather have a complex group dance that has, an ex- has exact steps and moves that one could research. What I mean is that ballroom dancing in this regard is more friendly towards people with Asperger's and high-functioning autistics. Yes, of course I know that line dancing exists. Oddly enough, it's mostly in the South. But I'm not a fan of country music. So I don't know. Isn't there some sort of Southern comfort to an old familiar waltz in a hot, unair-conditioned southern ballroom filled with people with three layers of clothing performing strict choreography? On second thought, maybe this is another bad idea. That's why all the ladies were carrying fans. It wasn't a style thing. It was a necessity to keep from passing out from the heat. It didn't have a practical use like the Chinese fans, which they used as notebooks. (laughs) It's pretty cool, right? What was I on about? I forget. Anyway, I got one more thing I want to talk about before we get into the news worth knowing. So, 2020 is almost over. But it's just an arbitrary time marker. Life won't suck any less in 2021. I guarantee you. Go ahead and make those memes about 2020 being the worst. I know it's been a long December and there's reason to believe that maybe this year may be better than the last. However, This COVID-19 power play is not going anywhere. Those little mask tyrants are not going anywhere. We've been locked down for damn near a year with no end in sight despite a new vaccine. Now they want to talk about mutations of the virus in order to keep us in this state and allow the rich to grow richer and the despots to consolidate their power. This sort of medical terrorism is starting to be recognized for what it is. The intelligent and freedom-loving Americans have been growing more and more angry about this over the last year, and sooner or later, all this 2020 nonsense is going to push them to the point of action. It's been nearly a year, and a large portion of Americans have been very polite about the government's boot on their neck. A large portion of Americans have politely tolerated the mask Nazis, but it's not going to last. It's foolish to believe that peace and or normalcy will once again reign in America once the calendar switches from 2020 to 2021 or once Joe Biden is in the White House. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I pray for the poor souls who have contracted this virus and have died from it. I'm not saying COVID is a hoax. Sure, it's real. But governments and your local Tom Cruises who flip out over people standing too close to each other are out of control. Government fears being blamed for the deaths because they did not put out a fascist edict. But intelligent people know that governments have no control over a virus, but the stupid do not, and yet they complain the most. And complying with the complaints from the stupid is apparently how governments and corporations conduct business in the 21st century. Therefore, governments feel justified in their totalitarian edicts that will make Thomas Jefferson shit a book on how to puke. As for the Tom Cruises of our world, well, we got to check them on the street level in our courts, or in our courts. And I prefer the courts, but street justice, upon someone yelling at you to wear a mask, might be more satisfying. When someone comes up to a friend of mine and assaults them for saying, you don't have to wear a mask, and the police do nothing about it, I become furious. I start to think that we, as average freedom-loving American citizens, have a duty to beat the ever-loving piss out of these tyrants in the streets because the police and the courts won't do anything about it. But that is not what you should do. You should trust the police and trust the courts and trust the government to do the right thing. What I will say 
is that for as long as the police and courts and governments allow these Tom Cruises and rioters to run unchecked while telling law-abiding people to stay masked and locked in, they are backing every American into a corner, and sooner or later, we will lash out. Go ahead and think that 2020 was a weird fluke and 2021 is going to be instantly better. Sorry, these issues need to be resolved before we can move on. So, I wish you a happy new year, as much as it can be said. And I pray every day for our nation and the people within it. I want no one else to die of COVID and not one more riot to happen. Most of all, I do not want the fear of these things to dictate how we live in our lives from now on. You know a fluke is a fish, right? I'm a weird, stinky pancake fish. Look it up on the internet. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. It's my show. It's going to be as long as I want it to be. Oh, let's go ahead and talk about some of this Washington drama. All right, Gomertz. Gomertz. Pence lawsuit seeks to declare Electoral Counting Act unconstitutional in bid to overturn Biden win. Really grasping at straws, aren't they? Any, any, anywho, uh, Representative Louis Gohmert, a Republican from Texas, is making a last-ditch ditch effort to change the result of the 2020 presidential election by suing Vice President Mike Pence with the aim of having him declare President Trump the victor when he announces the winner of the Electoral College vote on January 6th. As the president of the Senate, the vice president has the role of announcing the results after electoral votes are counted at a joint session of Congress. Gomer, Gomer and the slate of uh, Republican electors from Arizona uh, claim that the 12th Amendment gives Pence the right to choose which slate of electors to count from their state and other states that had Republicans, uh, Republicans electors submit votes despite Democratic electors having their votes, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Votes certified in light of November's general election. Quote, the 2020 presidential election was one we'd expect to see in a banana republic, not the United States of America, Gohmert said in a uh, statement on Monday, alluding to allegations of fraud that have been put forth by the Trump campaign. The quote goes on to say, in fact, the rampant fraud and unconstitutional actions that took place are so egregious that seven contested states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, New, New Mexico, Nevada, and Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, all sent dueling slates of electors to Congress. This puts Vice President Mike Pence in a position where some argue as, uh, he has to choose between morality and the law. That is not the case. The lawsuit claims the Electoral Counting Act, which uh, governs disputes over electoral votes in Congress, violates the 12th, 12th Amendment, which also outlines the electoral voting process. The Electoral Counting Act details the process of handling objections to votes that involves both the House and the Senate. Gohmert's complaint filed Sunday in, federal, in Texas federal court, claims that constitutionally it, it, should, it should only be the House to do this. Quote, the Electoral Count Act limits or eliminates the vice president's ability to determine which electors may be counted, Arizona GOP chairwoman Kelly Ward, one of the plaintiffs, said in a statement. However, plain law cannot contradict a constitutional amendment, which is why they're challenging that uh, challenging that the statute is unconstitutional and seeking to demonstrate to the American people what the vice president's constitutional powers, powers are in this matter. <clears throat> Excuse me. The 12th Amendment and the Electoral Counting Act, however, address different circumstances that would arise during the counting process. While the act in 3 U.S.C. Uh, Section 15 describes a process of dealing with objections to announced votes, the only controversy that the 12th Amendment addresses is what happens if there is no majority winner after all votes have been counted. In such a case, the House would choose a president uh, with each state having one vote. The amendment does not address what should happen if electors from both parties in the state submit votes. Gomert's lawsuit interprets the 12th Amendment as giving the vice president the power to decide which slate of electors to choose from a state, regardless of which slate's votes are certified by their state. As such, it claims that the Electoral Counting Act illegally strips power from him by giving Congress the power to settle any disputes. The complaint asks the court to declare the Electoral Counting Act unconstitutional and request an injunction blocking Pence from acting according to its procedures. Okay, so here's the, here's the whole deal when it comes to this. Is uh, yeah, there's a plenty of Republicans that think that the election was stolen. I'm I'm one of them. Okay, but here's the thing: I want it proven legally. I want it proven right in the courts. You know, 
you, if Mike Pence makes some unilateral action to keep Trump in office, you know, the Democrats rightly would be furious because that is, uh, if you ask me, that's more illegal than <laughs> election fraud. You know, I don't think that one crime is, uh, cancels out another. No, that's just me. I'm crazy like that. And so I, I don't think that, <sighs> I know a lot of Republicans are butthurt about this, but you know, <clears throat> we got to move on with our lives. All right. If they cheated, we got to, we got to work on election reform, you know, so make sure it's like, so we could, if you think that all these things uh, that played into this, uh, this election fraud that you think happened, then I think you need to research it, you know, to get, get some, uh, <laughs> get some lawyers, you know, do some research and find out everything you can so that you can correct election law so that this doesn't happen again. You know, America will move on. We will move on. America is bigger than who is the president. And I think a lot of people forgot that over the last four years. Since 2016, everyone's thinking that there has been King Trump over in Washington, and that's not the case. You know, your government starts at your local government, all right? Your county government, your city government. That's where your government starts, all right? And it's, it's and there's a lot of layers between you and Trump, all right, and a lot of layers between you and Biden. You know, in many ways, that job is just a figurehead title anyway. You know, president gets sick, like 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 super debilitating sick. They send him over to Walter Reed, and the government keeps churning anyway. All right, our government's bigger and better than any one person. But when you make a move like this, if Mike Pence, you know, chooses a slate of electors. And to in order to uh, uh, benefit his party, benefit his uh, running mate, you know, a lot of people are going to be justifiably upset about that. And that's that's all I have to say about that. I don't want to get too deep into all the politics and so and so forth. It's uh, it's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> it's kind of a nightmare right now, and I'm up to here with all the politics stuff. I don't know about you. So let's talk about Hollywood stuff. Uh, Alec Baldwin doubles down on defending wife Hilaria amid cultural appropriation scandal. All right. Have you heard about this, EK? Okay. So Hilaria Baldwin uh, admitted over the weekend that she was born in Boston, she's white, and her real name is Hillary. But her husband, Alec Baldwin, is still defending her use of a seemingly fake Spanish accent. On Monday, the 30 Rock uh, actor responded on Twitter to a writer who penned an opinion essay for People magazine titled Why the Hillary uh, Baldwin Scandal is Painful for Immigrants, Including Me. Uh, the author details how immigrants are commonly marginalized and slammed Hillary Baldwin for her exaggerated accent that she appropriated as an adult. Alec Baldwin tweeted, quote, fake, exaggerated, with question marks, appropriated an accent as an adult. She lived in Spain for many years as a child. She lived in both places. Well, that explains it. Anyway, the drama started when the 36-year-old yoga-slash-wellness expert reacted to a tweet in which he said, you have to admire uh, Hillary Baldwin's uh, commitment to her decade-long grift where she impersonates a Spanish person. The, <laughs> the, new, the now viral tweet has since been deleted. Uh, Hillary Baldwin has claimed she was born in Mallorca, Spain, and raised in Boston. Uh, she explained on a podcast in April 2020, quote, I moved here to America uh, when I was 19 to go to NYU from my family is from lives in Spain. They're, they live in Mallorca. Uh, they, why do they spell Mallorca wrong? M-A-L-L-O-R-C-A. Come on, Fox News. Uh, the bilingual mother of five's accent has also noticeably fluctuated over the years when she made appearances on TV. Hilaria Baldwin uh, addressed the criticism online in a video. Quote, uh, there have been some questions about where I'm born. I'm born in Boston. I spent some of my childhood in Boston, some of my childhood in Spain. My family, my brother, my parents, my nephew, everybody, they're over in Spain now. I'm here, she explained. Her parents left America in 20, uh, 2011 and live in Mallorca. With two L's. Um, as for her accent, she said, I am that person. I have been speaking a lot of Spanish. I tend to mix them if I'm not speaking a lot of English. I mix that. It's one of those things I've always been insecure about. She revealed she started going to by Hillaria instead of Hillary because in Spain I would use Hillaria and my family and my parents, they call me Hillaria. Yes, I'm a white girl. My family is white. Europe has a lot of white people in them. Go figure. Ethnically, I am... That go figure is mine, not hers. 
<laughs> Ethnically, I'm a mix of many, many things. Mostly white people. Yeah, all white people say they're, they're mutts. A little bit Scottish, Scottish, Irish, German. Yeah. <laughs> and we are, a lot of us are mutts, but um, it's still white. Anyway, uh, here's the thing. You guys remember when Madonna lived in England for a while and she came back with an English accent? A British accent? I sure do. And if you've ever spent any time, like in uh, any foreign country, you, you, you will pick up uh, the, the colloquialisms, you'll pick up the vernacular, you know, you'll stop calling subways tubes in London, you'll start calling subways tubes in London, you'll start well, going to the underground, mate, you start saying mate instead of pal, friend, homie, whatever you say, you know, it, it, it just happens if you immerse yourself in another, in another culture. And if you spend time, if you're one of those people who, who has spent time in like two or three different countries in your life, you will, um, you, you will naturally pick up an accent, all right? Now, when I was learning Spanish, I was told that I had a very good accent when speaking Spanish. Like, donde? Like, um, in Spanish, if you're speaking Spanish to somebody and you say, like, donde? And you're from Virginia. You don't say, donde esta la biblioteca? That's not how it's done. You know, donde esta la biblioteca? Is it la biblioteca? La. Donde esta la biblioteca? See, that's called affecting an accent so that they can understand you. They don't want you bringing your redneck accent to Sevilla. You know what I mean? Dos cervezas por favor. You know? I'm sorry. That's just the way language works. All right? You want people to understand that. You know, they want people to understand you. When you hear Ilhan Omar talking English, speaking English, <laughs> when you hear her speaking English, doesn't something sound wrong? Doesn't it sound like her inflections are all wrong? And that's, that's what happens. I'm not saying that she's trying to appropriate American culture. She's try, she, she grew up in Somalia, for God's sakes. And in Somalia, in, uh, what is, I forget, is it Farsi? I don't know what language they speak there. But you know, other languages have different accents uh, based upon the word. And that's a, a lot of like, when you go to Spain and you say, dos cervezas por favor, you're putting the, some of the accents in the wrong places. And that's why when you have Ilhan Omar giving some sort of uh, a sound bite, it sounds weird. It? Sometimes you have to go to the people because she puts the accents in the wrong places because she brings that kind of knowledge of language from her native upbringing. And if you're somebody who grew up in like some, a little bit in Spain, a little bit in Boston, <laughs> what kind of weird ass accent you're going <laughs> to don't install a biblioteca. You sound like Bill Burr speaking Spanish. All right? It's just what happens. I don't think anyone's trying to appropriate, appropriate anyone's culture. This is Alec Baldwin's wife, for God's sakes. Alec Baldwin is one of the wokest people in the world. But as, as you know, is like some of the, you, know, you know how this woke culture works, how this cancel culture works. It doesn't matter whose side you're on. It's like everyone's up, up to be shredded apart. Up to be shredded apart. You know, if you're, if you're doing something that can be construed as appropriating somebody else's language. Now, you want to get mad at me for saying, Donde esta la biblioteca? Like Speedy, Rod, uh, Speedy Rodriguez. I'm not appropriating anything. I'm trying to say something so that the people, Spanish-speaking people can understand it. And when she's speaking Spanish to somebody, it's, you know how it is when you, bilingual people get confused? I had a translator once in, Par <laughs> in Puerto Rico. And the Puerto Rico, she, she, uh, she'd get confused in a conversation and start speaking Spanish to me and English to the other guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it, it can be confusing. It can be confusing. And you got to switch between accents. you got to switch between accents so those people can understand you. Accents matter. It's not appropriation. It's not appropriation. People are insane and they have nothing better to do because everything's shut down than to complain about stuff on the internet. You know, everyone, you know, I think Dave Chappelle made that joke about when uh, Trump got elected that, oh, he finally elected an Internet troll to the presidency. Good joke. Good joke. But you got to understand is like, why are we holding Trump to the standard that we aren't holding to ourselves? We've all become Internet trolls because the Internet exists. Find something better to do with your time. Next story. Salon owner accuses, accuses Oregon governor of retaliating for resisting lockdown orders. Quote, she terrorized my family. 
An Oregon salon owner who opened her business in defiance of the state's lockdown orders accused Governor Kate Brown of retaliating against her family in a $100,000 lawsuit, which details the damages she sustained due to extended closures and exorbitant fines issued against her. Glamour salon owner Lindsey Graham, no relation, uh, reopened her salon in May and received a fine of $14,000 from the state. Graham claimed that Brown began to personally terrorize her family and threatened to place her children in the care of Child Protective Services to intimidate her into closing her salon doors. Quote, as soon as, I, as soon as I tried to open my doors against the governor's mandate back in May, she came at me with the full weight of the state, Graham told the Ingram Angle on Monday. Uh, she terrorized myself, she terrorized my stylist, she terrorized my family, she took every government agency she could, and she put her full weight into, t into intimidating me into closing, including sending child protective services to my home and threatening to remove my children. Three days after the publicly opening her salon, Child Protective Services showed up at Graham's home and interviewed my children, quote, interviewed my children without my presence, she explained. They, quote, opened a full-blown case against me, which, is com which was completely bogus and unwarranted, and it didn't come until I shot back at them uh, with a threat of a lawsuit that they backed down, Graham said. The suit, filed on December 18th, alleges that uh, shutting private businesses caused greater negative health effects on Oregonians in the form of increased stress, anxiety, and depression, K-A-T-U reported. Graham claims that Brown does not have the authority to close uh, private businesses that could demonstrate that they can operate safely and adhere to the requirements the government laid out. Graham also claimed that the Occupational Safety and OSHA <laughs> uh, closed her case, deeming that uh, her business, uh, business is a hazardous facility for her employees. <sighs> Oregon uh, instituted strict lockdown measures in March, trying to slow the spread of its Stay Home, Save Lives initiative. After nearly two months of lockdown, Oregon allowed limited reopening in May. Counties had, dem uh, had to demonstrate uh, a declining prevalence of COVID-19 as well as extensive contact tracing. Uh, Graham's attorney alleged that the government was trying to make an example of her. Brown's office did not immediately respond to an email from Fox News. So, <coughs> excuse me. So this kind of thing is happening all over the United States. Um, uh, plenty of people have tried to remain open as much as they can because, you know, if you run a business, you need to keep your business running in order to make money in order to survive. You know, I'm sure you, I'm sure you understand how life works. It's like every breath you take increases debt. You know, this is the, this is the real world we live in. Okay. And when you, when, you're, when the government is forcing you to, uh, uh, stay closed, keep your business closed, they're pretty much telling you, you don't get to eat. You know, and I think that, that is a violation of your human rights and uh, any kind of government uh, participant who inv involves himself in that is a criminal. All right. And Oregon has been one of those like hotbeds of activity over the last year. There are a lot of stuff is going on in, in, in that regard. And, you, uh, you know, you, you can't just tell these people to shut down, you know, and then once they, they defy you, you come after them with all your power that you get from the people that you represent. All right? Because you are, this is a representative of this person shutting them down. You know, and these people, they think they want, they think, they want to think that they are saving lives. But what you're not doing is you're causing people to starve. All right? People need to work. People need to do something other than whine on the internet about what, about how Alec Baldwin's wife talks. Okay? They need other things to do. Like work. Anyway. Try not to rant too much <laughs> on each story. Anyway, but I want to go over a little bit on this next story. Uh, the protests and riots that gripped America in 2020. So protests and riots have ravaged the nation in the days, weeks, and months following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Floyd, 46, died on May 25th after a white Minneapolis police officer was seen on video holding his knee on Floyd's neck for several minutes despite his shouts that he couldn't breathe. The video went viral and people took to the streets to protest police brutality and systemic racism. Floyd's death also highlighted a number of other black people who were killed in the, at the hands of white individuals or police officers. Ahmed Aubrey, uh, 25, was fatally shot while jogging in Georgia in a Georgia neighborhood on February 23rd when a group of white men shot and killed him after allegedly suspecting he was a burglar. The shooting was caught on video. Uh, Breonna Taylor, 26, was fatally shot inside a Louisville, Kentucky home in March by police who were conducting a raid at the home as part of a narcotics investigation connected to her ex-boyfriend. You hear that last part there? As part of a narcotics 
investigation connected to her ex-boyfriend. A lot of people forget that. Justice for Brianna. Anyway, Taylor, a medical worker who was studying to become a nurse, was shot multiple times and pronounced dead at the scene. No drugs were found inside her home. Uh, many protests have revolved around the push for police to be defunded, with demonstrators arguing that money meant for, these, uh, for those departments should be reallocated to programs uh, that benefit communities of color. The demonstrations that followed uh, Floyd's death at times devolved into riots that often include looting, violence, and destruction. In one case, protests carry on for more than 100 days. So we're going to talk about a few cities. Uh, in Minneapolis. All right, news of Floyd's death sent shockwaves through the city and prompted demonstrations, uh, demonstrations that, although peaceful by some, for those just listening, I'm glaring at the camera. Uh, grew, uh, and it, although peaceful by some, grew destructive in some cases. Fires erupted throughout parts of the city, including a local AutoZone, auto Japanese restaurant, a Wells Fargo bank, and an office depot. Very peaceful. Looters ransacked an area Target store, among other shops. At one point, rioters cheered as uh, people set a Minneapolis police precinct headquarters on fire after the department was forced to abandon it. The staff had evacuated the third precinct station, the focus of many of the protests. In interest of the safety and our personnel, the police spokesman said at the time. Live stream video showed protesters. Why do you keep calling them protesters? Live stream video showed rioters entering the building where fire alarms blared and sprinklers ran as blazes were set. The city of Minneapolis later announced plans to spend $4.8 million to temporarily rent an office building and adapt it to replace the police station. Or you could have defended your police station. I don't know. All right, you want to talk about New York now? All right, New York also saw peaceful protests that grew violent. This is Fox News, isn't it? Fox okay. New York City saw riots, which grew violent and destructive in the days and nights. I'm editing as I go. Destructive in the days and nights following George Floyd's death. From the end of May to the beginning of June, businesses boarded up as some people took out, uh, took out their anger on storefronts or took advantage of the opportunity to loot. But for some businesses, it was too late. In one of the most notable instances, Manhattan Soho uh, neighborhood saw mobs rage down the sidewalk, smashing into numerous luxury shops to steal, steal merchandise, just like George Floyd would have wanted them to. Hundreds of people marauded through the area, breaking into Rolex, Chanel, and Prada boutiques, all of George Floyd's favorite boutiques, as well as clothing and electronic stores. Uh, the spurts of smash-and-grab sprees and sporadic unrest led New York City officials to impose a citywide curfew for several days, which led to clashes whoop, with police officers attempting to clear the streets. In one instance, the New York Police Department is seen in, a uh, seen in videos and photos shared on social media using a tactic called kettling, corralling protesters who had made their way into the, onto the Manhattan Bridge and blocking off both ends of the bridge. Uh, the use of the tactic and other examples of alleged police department aggression against the protesters were heavily criticized by public watchdogs and civil rights groups. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to comment. I'm just going to keep going. In December, a New York City Department of Investigation said in a report that the NYPD was caught off guard by the size of the Floyd protest and resorted to an aggressive disorder control methods that stoked uh, tensions and stifled free speech. Uh, it criticized tactics that included kettling, as well as making mass arrests using pepper spray and batons and detaining protesters for hours. Too few officers were deployed early in the demonstration. <clears throat> demonstrations, the report said. Demonstrations. Too few officers were deployed early in the riots, the report said. Anywhere elsewhere in the state, Rochester residents took to the streets to protest of the police treatment of a black man named Dan Daniel Prude. Prude, 41, died roughly one week after his encounter with police on March 23rd, but his name and death did not become national news until September when a video of the incident was made public by his family. Prude was, handcu uh, Prude was handcuffed by police around 3.20 a.m. The, the day after his brother called police to take him to the hospital. Police located uh, Prude soon after and allegedly went through, uh, to a phone store where police believe he threw a cinder block through the store window uh, before being spotted by a tow truck driver. Police said the tow truck driver described Prude as being naked and covered in blood and said that he told the driver... Uh, said he had told the driver he had coronavirus. Uh, footage shows Prude naked and sitting on the street wearing a mesh covering known as a spit hood over his head. Over the course of the interaction, one officer can be seen pressing his knee into Prude's back uh, while other pushes his face to the pavement. They allegedly held Prude down for approximately two minutes and they later realized he didn't have a pulse and began CPR. He's taken off life support March 30th. Medical examiner concluded that Prude's death was uh, homicide caused by complications of asphyxia 
in setting a physical restraint. Reportless, uh, excited delirium and acute intoxication by phenylcyclidine, or PCP, as contributing factors. Rochester former police chief and mayor have been publicly squabbling over the Prude, handling Prude's death. All right, let's talk about Portland. Uh, Oregon's largest city saw more than 100 consecutive nights of racial injustice protests, riots, marred by vandalism and chaos, and at times violence. That's called a riot. Just use the word. It's four letters to explain it a very complex idea. That's why we invented language. That's called a riot. The demonstration started in May, uh, and it divided residents and flared even further in July when President Trump deployed federal law enforcement agents to stop attacks on a federal courthouse and other U.S. property. Thousands of demonstrators turned out nightly, some hurtling fireworks, rocks, ball bearings, and bottles at agents. They responded with huge plumes of tear gas, rubber bullets, and flashbang grenades that created chaotic war-like scenes. War zone-like scenes. Anyway, those clashes with the federal agents ended July 31st when state police took over from U.S. agents under a deal brokered by Governor Kate Brown and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. But smaller protests continued with groups of 100 to 200 people marching nightly. Protesters called for city officials to slash the police budget and reallocate that money to black residents and businesses. (sighs) Some also called for the resignation of Mayor Ted Wheeler. During the clashes, some broke windows, set small fires, punctured police tires with spikes, shined lasers in police officers' eyes, and pelted them with rocks and frozen bo- water bottles. That sounds like, uh, what's that called? A riot! Chicago, Illinois. Pretensions already heightened following the Floyd shooting. Hundreds, if not thousands of people, det- descended upon downtown Chicago in August following a police shooting on the city's south side. Vandals smashed the uh, windows of a dozen businesses and made off with merchandise, cash machines, and virtually anything else they could carry, police said. Police Superintendent David Brown told reporters that the shooting of a man who had opened fire on officers apparently prompted a social media post that urged people to form a car caravan and converge upon the businesses and and shopping district. Car caravans of looters made their way to uh, Chicago's Magnificent Mile, Gold Coast, and Irving uh, North neighborhoods and neighborhoods uh, neighboring commercial districts, Brown said. Over several hours, uh, police made more than 100 arrests and 13 officers were injured, including one who was struck in the head with a bottle. Brown said. Brown dismissed any suggestion that the chaos would, uh, wasn't, was part of an organized protest of the shooting. It's, just call it riot. There's four letters. It's way shorter than protest. Calling it uh, pure, pure, ugh, pure criminality and included occupants in a vehicle who opened fire on police who were arresting a man they spotted carrying a cash register. Videos of the vandalism showed huge crowds of people smashing their way into businesses and streaming out uh, the broken windows and doors with clothes and other merchandise. They loaded up vehicles some moving slowly and deliberately, apparently not worried about being caught by the police or recorded by scores of cell phone cameras. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Protests erupted in August. Following a police shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man shot multiple times at Kenosha while three, three of his children looked on. You, know, you need to put more context into that. A Blake shooting was caught on video by a man who reportedly saw uh, Blake scuffling with three officers and heard him yell, drop the knife, drop the knife, before a gunfire erupted. In the footage, Blake walks from around the sidewalk to the front of the SUV of his driver's side door as officers follow him with their guns drawn and shout at him. As Blake opens the door and leans in the SUV, an officer grabs his shirt from behind and opens fire. Seven shots can be heard in the footage. Blake's family later revealed that he was paralyzed as a result of the shooting. The shooting sparked protests over racial injustice in several cities, which, de- which devolved into <laughs> unrest and full-on riots. You know, that... In particular, that one, you know, he, he went into the home, you know, he had, he took the three kids, put them in his vehicle, uh, apparently like did some sort of digital thing with his fingers to some girl in the house. She called the cops on him for stealing the kids. Cops show up. He resists, 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 doesn't comply, doesn't comply, doesn't comply. You should be shot. I'm sorry. You know, what do you expect of police officers? What do you expect them to do? About these things, you know, we don't have we don't have the you know a, a magical you know cast a spell a sleep spell on somebody who is like we'll deal with it later once he's in a cell. We don't have that. You have to physically knock somebody with a baton in order to knock them out. You know, in those uh, the spy movies, you know, somebody shoots a tranquilizer dart, you know, they fall asleep instantly. That's not how that stuff works at all. You know, if you shoot a tranquilizer dart at somebody, hits them in the muscle, it may be a few minutes before they pass out. Or even get sleepy. You know, even this less than lethal stuff like tasers and so forth and uh, beanbags and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people could take that. 
A lot of people could take getting a, getting a taser. A lot of people could take getting a beanbag to the chest. All right? They don't always work. Sometimes lethal force needs to be used. I'm not saying that we, there's nothing we can't address when it comes to the behavior of police. But I think that, you know, when it comes to dealing with these problems, when it comes to police mis- misconduct, it's like the way you deal with that is through the courts. It's not by rioting in the streets and robbing a Rolex store. There is a way to deal with this. Instead of acting like petulant children destroying your own goddamn city, why don't you hire a lawyer or something? Do something in the right way. EK is always saying, do the right things for the right reasons. And you, in, this particular, in these particular incidents, you know, you're doing the wrong things for the wrong reasons by the wrong means. All right? I don't want any more riots going on in this country. Too many people are getting hurt, you know? And it's like, you know, George Floyd died, and that's a damn shame. But you know what? He shouldn't have been taking so much fentanyl and acted crazy in the streets. All right? And because somebody caught this whole thing on video, you know, because somebody caught the, uh, this, uh, this knee on this, on this dude's neck, people felt they had an, a right, a right to break into businesses, private businesses, and steal stuff. And you'll see it, like, and you, I'm sure you may remember seeing people come, like, after all this stuff is like looting is reparations. Well, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine with me. Now, I don't want to hear another goddamn word about reparations for the rest of my life. You looted in 2020. We're even. I don't want to hear any bullshit about slavery or racism ever again. If that was your reparations, that was it. All right? There are times when I think that, you know, that racism will never, ever end in humanity because this weird, this weird meta-racism that is going on these days is bizarre. It's bizarre. All right? People are so concerned about race by trying to prove how unracist they are. By calling out people who they think are racist. And that causes you to still focus on race. It's like, what I am saying, it's obviously offensive because of my skin color. And if my skin were any other color and I were saying these things, you'd be like, oh, he's, he's an outside-of-the-box kind of guy. But no, you kind of expect this kind of opinion from a white guy like me. Anyway, I don't want to go. <laughs> I keep saying I don't want to rant about this, but then I end up ranting about it. Anyway, two more stories. I'd like to get to happier stories. Let's talk about Tom Cruise for a second. Because he returns to his Mission Impossible 7 set after explosive tirades. Here we go again. Again. Anyway, the Hollywood heavyweight is reportedly back on the UK set of Mission Impossible 7 to resume filming after a series of tirades resulted in him uh, his leaving early for the Christmas holiday. According to Variety, Cruz, 58, is now filming at Long Cross Film Studios, which uh, used to be a, minis- a Ministry of Defense location and testing site for tanks. I think it's cute how, they, how British people spell defense with a C. That's cute. Anyway, uh, mega-hit blockbusters like Skyfall, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Thor The Dark World have, uh, have filmed there, and as have more recent productions like Death on the Nile and The King's Man. Uh, production on the film is expected to wrap uh, principal photography for Mission Impossible 7 at Long Cross, according to the outlet. Uh, representatives for the actor in Paramount did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. Uh, Cruz's return is a noteworthy one after he reportedly left the set early for an long Christmas elongated Christmas, Christmas holiday back in the United States following multiple outbursts on the set. Audio of one such outburst the, uh, by the actor leaked earlier this month. Hopefully you've heard this. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's, it's not as good as him jumping over the couch with Oprah, but it's pretty good. Anyway, so it's uh, featuring the stars threatening, uh, threatening the jobs of crew members after reportedly seeing people break coronavirus safety protocols. Hold on a second. Can actors fire the crew? Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess yeah, I guess Tom Cruise is probably a producer. All right. All right then. Never mind. That's my question's answered. Anyway, um, this is a quote from one of his rants. Uh, we are creating thousands of jobs, you motherfuckers. He <laughs> can be heard shouting in the audio obtained by the sun. I don't ever want to see it again, ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. <laughs> and if I see you do it again, you're fucking gone. News that a second, 
second tired, uh, tired, I might be tirade. News that a second tirade spurred a handful of crew members to quit broke just days later. Cruz had gained support from some um, of his fellow Tinseltown Titans, such as George Clooney, Whoopi Goldberg, and Joy Behar. Hmm. Hmm. Those are very, very reasonable people. <laughs> a source told People Magazine that the actor feels pressure of how, uh, how scary things look now. That's a quote. And he tries to maintain what he calls the gold standard of filming and uh, filming a movie amid ongoing coronavirus, uh, coronavirus pandemic. Movie has has had to stop production twice so far because of the pandemic, but is slated for a November nineteenth, twenty twenty one release. So <laughs> go listen to that audio; it's hilarious. And it's like it, when these pampered stars, you know, they start you know, getting all up in their <sighs> ivory ivory tower feelings and stuff like that. You know, I just, I hope somebody like spits in Tom Cruise's coffee every day. I hope there's somebody out there that's spitting in Tom Cruise's coffee every day. And, um, I don't mean, I don't mean that as a way to infect him with coronavirus or anything like that, because, you know, fuck those people, fuck those celebrities. They are buffoons. They are court jesters. They are clowns. Why the fuck do you care what they're doing? Why the fuck do you care about their opinion? Why the fuck do you care that uh, Ellen, Ellen Page decides that she's a man now? Who gives a fuck what those crazy rich assholes do? Anyway, one more story before we end the show. I like to end on a happy note. Indiana, Indiana World War II Veterans Christmas wish comes true as hundreds send letters. A World War II veteran from Ferdinand, Indiana, received more than a hundred, uh, more than a thousand letters for Christmas after sending in a request to a local news station. Leroy Hogg, ninety-nine, that's years old, <laughs> sent a letter to WEHC reporter Shelley Kirk earlier this uh, month describing his deployment in World War II, his time fighting uh, for General Patton's Third Army, and how he was wounded taking out a machine gun with a hand grenade, according to the outlet. American badass, ladies and gentlemen. Hogg, H-A-U-G, went on to say in his letter, signed, quote, a very lonely vet, L.V. Hogg, uh, Ferdinand, Indiana, and that he felt despondent since his wife died in August and asked if the outlet could help get people to send him Christmas cards to cheer him up. Fox News was unable to reach Hogg, but his great-great-grandnephew, uh, Joe Gratz said Hogg received more than a thousand letters so far and, was, and he was trying to open them all but had to take breaks because there were so many. <laughs> People sent cards, letters, and drawings to Hogg upon news of his request. These cards have really lifted his spirits, especially the ones from the children, Gratz said. And, that, uh, and they have given him something to do to pass the time. Last name is Gratz, G-R-A-T-Z. Do you think that's a, like a fake name? A legally made-up name? Anyway. Uh, Hogg thanks those who wrote letters for him in a statement to WEHC. Uh, quote, I want to thank everybody for being so nice to me and sending all these cards, he said, after Kirk delivered a box of letters and drawings on Wednesday. Kirk similarly asked Kirk to spread the word uh, for birthday cards last February, according to a tweet from Kirk. <sighs> anyway, the veteran told WEHC, uh, that he can't wait to open every letter and respond to as many as he can. Those still interested in sending him a Christmas card, letter, or drawing can send them to Kirk, who, uh, who will deliver them to Hogg at the following address. at Shelley Kirk, W-E-H-T, 800 Marywood Road, Henderson, Kentucky, 42420. So that's sweet. 99 years young. Charged a machine gun nest <laughs> with a hand grenade in World War II. It, probably North Africa. Patton was in North Africa first, I think. I think a third army. Yeah, is the third army in North Africa, EK, do you know? In World War II? <laughs> EK, EK doesn't remember. Oh, you were, yeah, you were in Pearl Harbor during all that. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I don't get my history right all the time. I think the third army was in North Africa. That's, uh, that was awful. Those guys were very underprepared. That was like, um, that North Africa campaign, that was like our very first troops sent to over into the, into the war. Uh, and they had like World War I equipment. <laughs> it wasn't nice. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But soon enough, you know, we massed enough troops in, in England to make the British hate us. And then said, fine, you going to invade it anytime soon? 
Hey, mate, you're going to evade anytime soon. Get out of my town. Go to, go to, go, go mooch off Berlin. <laughs> Let's be honest, you know, the, the Brits were, you know, they were sick of us. We were just hanging around. Are you going to evade at any point? <laughs> well, we wanted to make sure we won. That's why we had to stack troops there. I don't know if you ever played Civilization, but you got to, you know, you got to prepare a force. Especially if you're crossing a channel and you got to get, you know, got to get a, get enough uh, uh, transports and so forth and enough destroyer escorts and so forth. Anyway, so it's a little after seven. It's been, it's been about an hour long show. I thought it might be short. It turned out not to be. I had a lot to rant about today. Anyway, I want to remind you to go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. I would appreciate it. If you want to tip me, go to hashtag shockmonkeyradio on Cash App. I would appreciate that as well. I have books available for digital download on amazon.com. Search for the writer, the author, Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's. I got The Bunny Years of Memoir. I got Ravings of a Bad Man. And I got three Exit 13 books that you can download uh, on amazon.com. I would appreciate that. All of your support. Uh, also, go over to YouTube, watch my videos on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe there. I would appreciate it. Scott vs. Scott is coming out 9 a.m. tomorrow, our newest episode. Be sure to check that out on our Shock Monkey Radio's YouTube page. And I want to wish you a happy new year. 2020 is almost over, and the next time I see you, it's going to be 2021 in the future. So, uh, yeah, this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you. <laughs>